Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. You know, for those of you who are unaware, I think most of us, if not all of us are aware that Jesus did something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. The Bible makes it clear that each and every one of us were in a position to where we were not yet under God's grace. Even though we could say that God was gracious enough not to just destroy mankind altogether, we still were not in a position to be considered a child of God. We weren't in that position. But Jesus came. When Jesus came, for those of you who have been with us here for a while, you know we have done an extensive months of study on what he went through. The blood he shed, what he had to go through. And that at any particular time, he could have called on a legion of angels to help him out. But he didn't. Savior Jesus Christ that was bruised and, and battered for all of our sins. The Bible says as often as you eat of it, eat of it in remembrance of him. Please eat of it now. If you would, you also have a cup. The juice in that cup represents the blood of Jesus. If you would, the Bible says as often as we drink of this cup, drink of it in remembrance of him. Please do so. Would you give God some praise? For that. Oh, God bless you. I thank you, God. As they collect the communion items, I'm going to go ahead and pray and usher us into the message for today. <clears throat> Let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, we never take it for granted, this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. It is also my sincere prayer that everybody under the sound of my voice gets something out of the message today that they can use and make their lives better. But God, they won't just be able to use this a year from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now. It is our confession that they will be able to use this message and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would, let's say our Bible confession together. We always like to say this unless I forget. <laughs> we, always, we always like to say this before we get into the word of God. Ready? Let's go. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. 
Every verse is God-breathed, and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. Family, I present to you our first image. And what some of you may be wondering is whether or not we have a special Easter message today. I'm going to tell you we are continuing our series. And in continuing our series, oh, it directly ties to Easter, but maybe probably not in the way that you're thinking, but in a way that you've, you've been told. We have a vision for this year and probably this year and beyond. We've always been on this track, but we're on the category re-engage. And the goal is to re-engage life regardless of the fear or failure and re-engage it without condemnation knowing that if you fall in the process, your risen king has empowered you to get up. We are bookmarked in the Bible at the place where a 12-year-old daughter of a man named Jairus has an issue. Jairus is a synagogue leader, and he has come to Jesus for help because, quite frankly, his daughter is, well, let's just put it this way. Death has come knocking on his door, and his daughter needs help. Here it is in the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew reads this way. Next image, please. The account says, Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 through 26, easy to read. While Jesus was still talking, a leader of the synagogue came to him. The leader bowed down before him and said, my daughter has just died, but if you will come and touch her with your hand, she will live again. So Jesus and his followers went with the man. On the way, there was a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. She came close behind Jesus and touched the bottom of his coat. She was thinking, if I can touch his coat, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw the woman. He said, be happy, dear woman. You are made well because you believe. Then the woman was healed. Continuing with Jairus, Jesus continued going with the Jewish leader and went into the leader's house. He saw people there who make music for funerals, and he saw a crowd of people crying loudly. Jesus said, go away. The girl is not dead. She's only sleeping. But the people laughed at him. After the people were put out of the house, Jesus went into the girl's room. He held the girl's hand, and the girl stood up. The news about this spread all around the area. Now, the part we've been talking about is the girl stood up. Mark puts it this way. Next image, please. Mark doesn't say that the girl stood up. Mark puts it more conversational. Mark chapter 5, verse 41, King James Version reads, And he, meaning Jesus, took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Jesus tells the girl to arise. To put it in a different way, he commands her to step away from her poor condition and start walking and existing into a better state. God tells us to arise. 
So how does this tie in to Easter? Well, Jesus has already risen. What about you? We can dedicate a whole service on what he did, but that's what he's that's what he did. What are you doing? Jesus did not come, go through what he went through, be crucified to rise so that you can stay down. Therefore, our focus is on you to arise. And that's why I cannot let a Sunday go by without giving you what you need to get your tail up. So we're going to continue the series. God wants us to arise. But in order for us to do that, we must come face to face with a certain reality. What is that reality? Image. If you are going to separate yourself from your old life and step into your new God-led life, the company that you keep is a key determining factor. The people in your life matter. You can't just hang around with anybody. You can't just have anybody in your network. You can't just have anybody in your life. You can't just invite anybody in your circle. It, it matters. And when we say that it matters, that says that the people who are wise, individuals who are about it, they recognize that they need to scrutinize each and every individual that comes across their path. The wise people know that there are benefits to having the right people in their life. So who are the right people? Mm, I'm glad you asked. Next image. There is an account in the Bible where four men bring their paralyzed friend to Jesus to get healed. They bring this man on a pallet. They try to get to Jesus the regular way. They can't. It's too many people. They can't even get in the door. So what do they do? Do they put their friend down and walk away? Uh-uh. They don't do that. They put him probably on their back or some kind of way. They put him up on the roof. Everybody say that's effort. Mm-hmm. That show is effort. Up on the roof. And when they get on the roof, they rip out the roof tiles make a hole, and lower the man down to Jesus. Let me ask you, why did they do that? Why did they do that? The Bible tells us that they're his friend. Okay, so they cared. Why did they do that? Yeah, they wanted him to not be paralyzed no more, but why did they do that? Why did they do that? They did that because their friend could not do it for himself. That's what the right people do. That is a good sample of right people actions. Right people. And if you don't have right people in your life, you know what we said, you need to get yourself some. You see, the right people, they're your eyes when you cannot see. Amen. They're your ears when you cannot hear. They're your arms. They're your legs when you cannot move. And that can be literal. 
but more often than not, it's figurative. What do I mean? When I say the right people are your eyes when you can't see, you know, you are infatuated with her. Only thing you see is how fine she is. Oh, she do it for you. In her, you can see no wrong, but the right people see through her games. And the right people see her bad qualities that you don't see. Oh, the right people hear what you don't, what you don't hear. Oh, you just, you just think he is the best thing since sliced bread. Everything he says, you hinge on his every word. You even laugh at his jokes when nobody know. Everybody know he ain't funny. <laughs> you are the only person laughing at that. But because it's him, you don't hear like you should hear. But the right people hear how he really talked to you. The right people hear how he really talks down to you. The right people hear what you don't hear and they don't like it because the right people hear what you don't hear. They, they are your ears when you can't hear. They are your arms and legs when you can't move. Yeah, you know what? You got emotionally paralyzed when that business failed. And you made the decision you're going to sit in your house and mope all day, close the blinds, eat chunky monkey ice cream, and cry all day. But the right people don't let you sit there paralyzed. The right people get you up. The right people get you in the sun and out of darkness. The right people make sure that you understand there is life to be had beyond this moment and you shall not die here. The right people are your arms and legs when you can't move. The right people either see what you don't see or see for you when you're not seeing clearly. They either hear for you when you can't hear or hear for you when you're not hearing clearly. They are movers for you when you won't move yourself or motivators to get you up, to try to get you to move. That's the right people. The right people feed you when you can't feed yourself. The right people close you when you can't clothe yourself. The right people pray for you when you can't pray for yourself. That's the right people. The right people, like these four men, will break down barriers for you that are in front of you and keeping your life from getting better. They'll help you break through, help you climb over, help you get under. Whatever they got to do, that's the right people. These four men did what they did for their friend because their friend could not do it for himself, just like Jairus and his daughter. J. Iris went to Jesus for his daughter because guess what? His daughter can't do it for herself. Family, that's what the right people do. The right people do things for you to help your life get better, especially when, not only when, but especially when you cannot do it for yourself. The right people. And yet the right people, they're around in your life for the good times. They, they're there to laugh and to, 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 to have fun times with and to just 
Shoot, shoot the breeze. That's what I was looking for. Shoot the breeze. We said, just shoot the breeze. Shoot the breeze. But anybody can be there for that. Anybody can be there for you in the good times. As a matter of fact, in the good times, you probably got a line of people that want to be there for you. But the right people are not fair weather friends. The right people. The right people are there for you. Doing for you what you can't do for yourself sometimes. I want you to imagine with me. I want you to imagine with me that every person in your circle we can depict as a coin. If you can imagine that with me, if stamped on one side of that coin are the words, the right people, what do you think is stamped on the other side of that coin? Next image. The wrong people. Today we step into the wrong people. Whereas if, if you don't have the right people in your circle, you need to get yourself some. On the flip side, if you have the wrong people in your group, Mm. need to deal with that. To talk about the wrong people, we go back to Jairus and his daughter, picking it up from the point where Jesus first started walking in the neighborhood. Here we go. Now, verse 22 of Matthew chapter 9, we're in Matthew 9, the Message Bible, today almost completely. And only a few verses. We're going see, you see there, verse 22, it says, the woman was well from then on. Then on. That's the woman with the issue of blood. You and I, we're going to talk about verses 23, 24, and 25. Maybe not 25. And one verse in Genesis. Talking about the wrong people, family. Verse 23, Matthew chapter 9, the Message Bible by now, they, meaning Jesus and his crew, had arrived at the house of the town of the official. And they pushed their way through the gossips looking for a story and the neighbors bringing in casseroles. Let me ask you something. Do you have people in your circle that only show up for the gossip? Do you have people that only show up at your front door to get the tea? Only show up because they heard that there may be a story of brewing around your life? They're not really there to help. They just want to be in the know. Do you have people that are pushing their way to get to you only when there's a gossip or a story around you that they want to know about? You know how it is. We got all this technology today. You at your home, minding your own business. The doorbell ring, you look at your phone. What's she doing there? <laughs> she don't never come to visit me. 
Why is she at my front door? But being the good Christian person that you are, you don't let her just sit there and ring the bell. You go there and answer the door. What, what, hello. Girl, I heard you lost your job. What happened? Now, that's funny, though. Because I don't remember you coming over here to celebrate with me when I got the job. I don't remember you asking me about my job before. She's not interested in your job. He's not interested in your job. They want the tea. They want to know why. They want their next post to be about you. Your phone ring. It's him. What he want? He'll never call me. Never. But being a good Christian person that you are, you answer the phone. Yo, man, I heard you and Rita split up. Miss <laughs> 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 Rita here today. <laughs> but we gonna run with it. Lord, why well, I chose that name? <laughs> but let's run with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah bro, bro. I, I heard, I heard you, you and 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 Rita split up, split up. Funny. You never asked about me and Rita before. As a matter of fact, I remember we sent you an invitation to the wedding. You didn't even show up. Didn't send us a gift, not even a thank you. What? Why? Why, why are you so interested now? They just want the tea. Just want the gossip. Just want to be in the know. Don't really have any kind of concern for you, really. Just want to be able to be on the front line of all the gossip. If you got people in your circle like that, check them. Review them. Perhaps they need to be on the list to be escorted out of your network. Not only did they push their way through the gossips looking for a story, they also pushed their way through the neighbors bringing in casserole. Let me ask you something. Why do you think they were bringing that casserole? Why? Why? To be known. Give me some more. Why, why would they bring? Think of the scene now. Right? Everybody's there and gossip. They coming to kind of get this man. Jesus want to get this man's daughter up out the bed. Why they bring casserole? Hmm? D d d say it louder. It's, 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 it's funeralistic. Don't you know, like, in traditionally in today's society where people, they transition? And, and by the way, a part of that for me, and this is me, I'm not, please, please hear my heart. I'm not trying to get anybody crossways with me. I just want to drop something on you right quick. It, it a little bit boggles me a little bit when so many people come to your house to bring a meal when somebody transitioned and they invite you to nothing while the person was alive. There's something wrong with that. You, 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 I didn't even know you could cook until now. 
got to change that. So much macaroni, you got to throw it away after four days. I'm not saying that they're not genuine. What I'm saying is some of the traditions, although meaning well, are not necessarily the way we should be as a Christian community. We should be able to, to, to enjoy those things under better circumstances. But yeah, they brought those casseroles not because they were thinking this girl was going to recover. They brought the casseroles because they had already counted this girl out. They presented a meal because they had already counted out her future. Loved ones, everybody that offers to break bread with you in your time of need do not believe in your future. Do you have people in your circle who you sit down and have meals with but they don't believe in your dreams? Do you have people that you actually share the table of fellowship with? And while you're sitting around that table of fellowship, do they genuinely feel like you have a bright future? Or do they constantly send you signals that they believe you're done? These people are bringing casseroles because they think this girl is done. Let me tell you, do, do you think that people that are in your circle that you're breaking bread with, do you think they should have hope in you or think that you're done? These kind of people in your circle, not healthy for you, not healthy at all. Give me my next image. Now, this is verse 24. And we're going to read this one together. Because this one, this one right here, I like. Matthew chapter 9, verse 24, Message Bible. Ready? Read. Jesus was abrupt. Clear out, this girl isn't dead, she's sleeping. They told him he didn't know what he was talking about. Oh, yeah, we couldn't do this quick today. They told him he didn't know what they were talking about. Talking about the wrong people. Family, how many people in your circle actually speak words that are the direct opposite of what God has said about you. Jesus says she ain't dead. 
they say you're lying. How many people do you actually allow in your network who speaks words that are counter to God? Oh, yeah. God says you can. They say you can't. God says you will. They say you won't. God says all things work together for your good and things are going to be well. They say things are looking bad for you and the future for you is worse. Tell me. How many people do you allow in your circle to talk against what God is saying about you and what God is saying about your life and what God is saying what you can do and what God is saying you will be? And sometimes it's not as direct as direct. What do I mean? Sometimes the people drop suggestions that cause you to question what you had previously felt you were certain God had said. Oh, they don't come at you direct. It's just a little breadcrumb that gets you to start thinking a little different about what you thought was certain. Do you remember in the Garden of Eden when the serpent came to Eve? God had given instruction. You can eat anything up in here. Just don't touch that. Now, when the devil or the serpent, the devil came to Eve, he didn't just go up and say, God crazy. He, he lying. He didn't just say that. Wasn't that direct? Notice. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, easy to read. The snake, any snakes in your life? The snake, any snakes in your garden? The snake, any snakes in your circle? The snake, any snakes in your network? Huh, let's find out. The snake was the most clever of all wild animals that the Lord God had made. The snake spoke to the woman and said, woman. Did God really tell you that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Indirect suggestion. Did God really tell you that? Did God really tell you that you would succeed? Did God really tell you that all things are going to work out for the good? Did God really tell you you're the head or not the tail? Did he really tell you that you're above and not beneath? Did he really tell you you're, you're an overcomer? Did he really tell you that? Did he really tell you? Not a, not a, not a direct, I think God is lying to you, but a suggestion. Do you have people in your circle that give you indirect suggestions that caused you to question what you had previously been certain about what God said. If you do, check them. You might have the wrong people in your group. These kind of individuals downgrade your certainty concerning God. What do I mean by that? 
you wake up in the morning happy and you say to yourself, I am certain I heard from God to do whatever, to start whatever, to endeavor on whatever. By the time they drop seeds in you, you downgrade your I am sure that God said down to, well, I'm not so sure if God said. Then you downgrade that to, well, maybe not. Before you know it, you've come all the way down to, well, maybe I heard God wrong. And if it really gets to the bottom, I didn't hear God at all. You were previously certain. But after that snake that you allowed to stay in your network and whisper in your ear and drop things in your spirit, begin to talk to you. Now, you don't even know if you heard from God at all. What kind of people do you have in your circle, in your network? If that coin is on the wrong side of that, you're not going to reap the benefits. You're going to reap the curse. The person can be an indirect suggester or a direct <coughs> suggester. The bottom line is every word that they speak goes to separate you from God, separate you from what he has for you, separate you. Only thing this did was go to separate Adam and Eve. The reason Christ had to come. Some of us need saving, not because we started off needing saving, but because we let the snake in and the snake caused the condition or a situation that now causes us to need saving. Wrong people. The wrong people. But let's get back to J. Iris and his daughter. Give me the next one. It should be Matthew 23. Now, notice, we've shifted from the Message Bible to the easy to read. In the Message Bible, this verse, Matthew, Matthew 9, verse 23, in the easy to read, this is the part where the people were talking about gossip and bringing the casserole. But the easy to read version brings in something else that we cannot let go by. Jesus continued going with the Jewish leader and went into the leader's house. He saw people there who make music for funerals and he saw a crowd of people crying loudly. Those people make music for funerals. And I'd be willing to bet you it's not happy music. Just look at the overall scene. It's not happy music. But making music for funerals is what they do. The very fact that those people who make music for funerals are present is evidence of what they bring to the table of life. Death, 
and the absence of hope. So let me ask you, do you have people in your circle that make music for funerals? Do you have people in your circle who are toxic to your future? Run down the list in your mind. Do they talk down to you? Do they make you cry? Do they make you feel bad about yourself? Do they zap you of hope? Do you have people in your life that make music for funerals? Ooh, do they tightrope the legal line? What do I mean by that? Do they, do they get involved in things that if the law connected you to it, it would ruin your future? Do you keep people in your circle that walk that legal line, that put your future at risk? These people make music for funerals, and their very presence signifies the absence of hope and death. It's what they do. And guess what? If you keep these people in your circle, you might yourself be helping them compose the music for your own funeral. I'm not talking literally. If you keep entertaining these people, what ends up happening is something in your future dies. But there are not only people making music for funerals, there are a crowd of people crying loudly. Now let me say up front, I am pro you having somebody in your life that'll cry with you. Because sometimes life just hurt. Sometimes things just hard. You, you need somebody in your life that'll cry with you. You need somebody in your life that'll give you a shoulder to cry on. You need somebody in your life like that. But the person that fits that bill in your life, that individual, even though they're there for you to cry with and to cry on, their very presence in your space at that moment should bring clarity into your situation, not confusion. Their presence should bring peace, not confusion. Increase your faith, not bring confusion. Bring in hope, not confusion. If you're going to have people in your life and those people are going to be those individuals that you lean on in your time of need, when they leave, you shouldn't be worse. The burdens on your shoulders should be lighter when they leave, not heavier. If they've added weight, then you should wait because they should not be in that bucket of your circle. When you're going through something in life, whether or not you want to admit it or not, you don't need extra weight. But if you got the wrong people, even though it looks as if they're there consoling you and being there with you, 
they're bringing in confusion. They're zapping you of hope. That's, that's the wrong people. Why is it so imperative that we get this right? It's imperative because in your life, family, people are one or the other. In your life, it gets extremely hard to do the mature and adult thing to sift your associations. Oh, it's not for the faint of heart. It's grown folk business. Yeah, you, 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 don't, you don't enter into that kind of evaluation, you know, wearing your dinosaur pull-up. You going in there with big boy draws on. You going in there with big girl draws on. You going in there because you realize that it's important to be able to delineate between the two. But I want to give you a visual of what people do that makes it hard for them or harder for them to do what needs to be done. Mike, can you do something for me? There's a table right there, a little brown table. Bring that table and sit it right here front and center. We're going to give you a quick visual. Mike, stand there for me. I want you to do something. I am going to get this out here. Show this to everyone. Remember when I asked that we visualize every person in our life as a coin. I have here a commemorative coin. If every person in your life was effectively a coin, one side stamped the right people. The other side stamped the wrong people. What happens is we struggle to put a person on a side. We want to put somebody on the edge. But if I were to give Mike this coin and give him a charge, I want you to notice something. Mike, I'm going to give you this coin, and on that table, I want you to do your best to stand that coin on its edge. Stand it on its edge. Let it go. Let's see it fall. Do keep doing it. Do it. Now, I want you to notice something. As much as he's trying to do that, he can't. As much as he's trying to get some, no, no, don't, 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 no, no. I was hoping you'd do that. Try, try to get it to stand up again. Put something in front of it so it can't roll. Give me some. Give me a peppermint. Give me this piece of paper. No, I can't be that big. Got to be something smaller. Because, okay, he's trying to get it to stand. Try to get it to stand like you did. Okay, it's difficult. 
to get that coin and stay on the edge. Okay, don't, don't hit the table. <laughs> it's difficult to get that coin to be on the edge. You can try and try and try, and it takes so much effort when really a person's one or the other. But you say to me, Pastor, what if the coin stays on its edge? Don't touch it. <laughs> what if it stays on the edge? I'm glad you asked that question. Let me ask you. What do you think happens the moment life gets turbulent? What, 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 it's on, it's, you, were, you were able to do it. But the moment life gets rocky, they going to be one or the other. Give me my next image. Don't go nowhere. <laughs> Family, there is no middle ground. There is no gray. You cannot put the people in your life on the coin's edge. You can't do it. Because when things, when you need them the most, they're going to be one or the other. Oh, they're not, they not going to stay on that edge. There is no gray. They're either the right people or the wrong people. But it's my mama. Your mama either the right people or the wrong people. It's my cousin. Listen. That joker either the right people or the wrong people. I've known them since high school, and that's good. Glory to God. But they either the right people or the wrong people. That's my boyfriend. You know what? I don't care who he is. He either the right people or the wrong people. That's my girl. Might be your girl. I don't care how much you like her. She either the right people or the wrong people. That's my coworker. Fine with me. That's my sorrow. Fine with me. That's my fret. Fine with me. But that joker, either the right people or the wrong people. They cannot be on the coin's edge. And you got to be mature enough to sift your people out and decide. I can't, I can't decide. Okay, okay, okay. Well, here's where you start. What side do they land on the most? Let's start there. So when you start doing your checklist, if they always letting you down, they ain't never showing up, they always causing trouble, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and then you look over here and it's like, well, they my sister. You got 18 things on the wrong side, on the wrong people's side, and one thing on the, on the good people's side. It's okay. I'm not telling you to disown your family, but you need to know what side of the coin they own. Don't we said and we all agreed that when people show you who they really are, that we would believe them the first time. So what what what's what side are you on? And see what you try to do is, oh, but but he fine, he fine though. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get oh oh look 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 I got it to stand foolish. Y'all have one good day out of the month. 
and you still trying to stand that fool's coin up. He's the wrong people. Oh, you just don't understand. She's just, she is just the wrong people. And we've dedicated some time to the right people. So I'm, I'm going to, there is the right people side, understand. The, the wrong people just take top billing today. Because just to balance that thing out, there are certain people that are the right people for you, but you just don't like those how that side of that coin feels. Yeah, the right people tell you about your business. The right people tell you that you stink. When you think, when you think your booty don't stink. The right people get in, the right people, listen, oh yeah, the right people get you right. But when we're talking about a coin, the person in your life is either the right person or the wrong person. It don't stand on the coin's edge because you can hit it and they're going to decide one way or the other. Now, why is this example so important? And we're going to... send you away with this, how do I say, preview of where we're headed next in the series. Knowing that you cannot stand a person up on the coin's edge, we wrap up with this out of the book of Matthew. Remember, Jesus walks into these, this environment People are crying, bringing in casseroles, music for funerals, all kind of stuff. And we've been talking about the right people, the wrong people. Why are we doing all of this? Remember, our charge is for you to arise. To be all God said you can be. So why the coin? Why is it so imperative that we decide and know what side people are on. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Let's bookmark you right here. Give me my last image, please. We will pick up from here next time. Matthew chapter 9, verse 25 in the Message Bible reads this way. But when Jesus had gotten rid of the crowd, he went in, took the girl's hand, and pulled her to her feet alive. Loved ones, it's important for you to know what side of the coin those people in your life exist on because here, Jesus did not simply just walk into the, into the girl. He did not simply just walk in and make her better. He didn't simply just walk in and turn things around in her life. Before he did that, he got rid of that negative, faithless, hopeless crowd. We want you to arise 
and get and step into everything that God has called you to, to, to step into, but you cannot step into what God has for you, carrying with you that faithless, negative, doubtful crowd. The wrong people cannot be with you. In other words, before Jesus turned this girl's situation around, he got rid of the wrong, the wrong people. You have to be willing to do the hard, grown-up, big people work and clear your landscape of the wrong people to give God room to get in and do with you what he wants to do. But when Jesus had gotten rid of the wrong people, then he went in. Then she was able to be made better. Then things began to happen. They were not allowed into the space where the work of God was going to be done. And in your life, that space is you. Giving the wrong people entry into your life blocks, hinders, restricts the blessing that God has for you. Mm. And we're going to put a pause in there the next time. Until next time. I love y'all so much. Remember, family, there's no coin's edge. Stop trying to balance that coin. And as much as it pains you to do so, decide. Most of the time when it comes to that decision, I know I said I'm going to wrap up, but let me just say this one part. Because one thing that happens You might hear this again, but let me just put it out there now because if it's on my heart, I'm going to say it. What happens when people are evaluating that coin? They have years and years, most of the, most of the time, of evidence of what side of the coin that person really is on. But they look past it. Everybody can see that that person is face up on the wrong people for him or her or that group. But the person who is responsible for making the decision to getting that wrong person out of their network or those wrong people out of their network for whatever reason are walking past what is evident right before their eyes. The person's just bad for them. But for some reason... They are, they are seeing that coin different. I say all that to say this, don't walk past the obvious. If you walk past the obvious, a lot of what you go through is your own fault. 
But until next time, there's no coin's edge. So decide. If you got wrong people in your life, in your network, in your circle, check them. Get them out. Because we're going somewhere. Family, let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here. And I thank you, God, that you want to do a good work in us. In order to do that good work, what is our part? Yes, we accept Jesus into our heart. Yes, we become disciples of Christ. Yes, we begin to turn our lives over as a living sacrifice. But in our life, when we come to you, we come with pre-existing associations. And as we grow and mature in you, it's very important that we make sure that our circle grows and matures with us. God, we never throw people away. That is not the intent of the message. The intent of the message is for each of us to be wise enough to clearly identify what role people play in our life. To build our close personal network with the right people and to not allow snakes to exist in our network because all they do is separate us from your best. I pray that each and every person is mature and strong enough to have a seat and do this evaluation clearly. And we believe that their lives will be better for it. For sure, it will begin to point their future in the direction that you desire. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.